Hello there. Welcome and thank you for listening to the Joy Fountain podcast. It is my prayer that the message you're about to hear will in many ways than one feed your soul and strengthen your decision and resolve to follow Jesus. My name is Andaza Hezekiah, pastor at the Joy Fountain Church here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May your joy be full today in Jesus' mighty name. Now let's dive into the Word. Well, this morning, I want to share with you a continuation of the blessing series. We've talked about the blessing. I've talked about, you know, the blessing upon Abraham's life. I've talked about, I even at the beginning defined the blessing in August when we started this journey. I talked about how the blessing is an attribute of God in a person. God puts something in you. God puts something upon you. God puts something around you. Today, I'm going to go a bit further to talk about uh, the evidentiary blessing what the evidence that a person is blessed. And I want to talk about the fact that the blessing is at a distance. This is the topic. The blessing is at a distance. And I will go back to Genesis chapter 22, where we read last uh, week. Genesis chapter 22 um, was where we read last week. It's just interesting. And this morning, I continue to read from the NLT, Genesis chapter 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He saw the place where? In the distance, in the New King James Version, he said he saw the place afar off. He saw the place afar off. He saw the place in the distance. But I've titled that the blessing is at a distance. There is a reason why I put it that way, because the blessing is at a location. The blessing is at a place. And we can apply location. We can apply place in so many varied ways. So let's continue. It says, Abraham saw the place at a distance, verse 5. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there and then we will come right back. Look, Abraham said we will travel a little further. Last week I told you that you there are, there are things you would have to experience yourself. There are trials and testings that you have to pass yourself. I couldn't take the driver's uh, licensing test for my son or my daughter. When it was time for our, our first child, uh, Faith, to take the test, she had done all the courses required. But on that day, she had to do it alone, herself. When it was time for Simon, the same. It'll be the same for Philip. It'll be the same for any of your children. In life, there are certain tests no one else can pass for you. No one else can take them for you. You have to take them yourself. That's the reality of life. He said, wait here. He said, we will worship there and then we will come right back. Abraham was a man of faith. He, had no, he knew what God had told him. There was no ram for the sacrifice to the point that in verse six, and sorry, and yet he said to the servant, we will come back. We'll come back. Verse six says, so Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire and the wood. The boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? 
verse 8. I want you to listen carefully to verse 8. And if you're looking, look closely. Verse 8 says, Abraham answered his son's uh, question. He says, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. I want you to understand that the principle that we must never forget is that our God is a provider. And if God has blessed you in word, if God has blessed you with his word, if you have been blessed by the word, by the prophetic word, then you will be blessed indeed. Indeed means that there will be an act of heaven that will bring about the evidential blessing in your life. There is something, the word evidentiary is used to describe the comparison of a situation that was before and that now has become something else after the fact. What are the facts? The facts are this is the situation. Here's what it looks like. But as a result of the fact that something happened to the situation, it changes the evidence that you have. You see? So you can now say that a person is blessed. When, If we were living in Abraham's day, how would we know that Abraham is blessed? If you read the story of Abraham, if you read the story of Isaac, if you read the story of Jacob, you will find out that those who are around them said of them, you are blessed. They said of them, God is with you. They said of them, you are different. Last time I showed you one of the messages, how Isaac was asked to leave, you know, where he was, because they said, we cannot compete with you. There's just something about you. I want you to understand when I talk about not being able to compete with Isaac, it's not even about the fact that Isaac was richer financially in gold and silver and, and in livestock than all of them. You may not even have a million dollars in the bank and somebody who has a million dollars in the bank will envy you who has only a thousand dollars in the bank because they look at you and they see that there's just the peace of God upon your life. You are not running around scared like they are with all the money they have. You are not troubled by the things that trouble them. And they sometimes wonder, why are you so different? Why do you have so much joy? Why is your life the way it is? I know people in our church who don't make a lot of money, but they have so much joy. Their joy is contagious. Their joy is infectious in a very good way. Their joy is like a, a virus you want to get. You see what I mean? A healthy one. You know, they are so joyful. And that is true of a child of God who is plugged in, who is blessed to the point that there is something evidentiary about their blessing or evidential. You may choose whichever you, you want. The point is there is evidence. You can see that truly this is a blessed person. The first blessing I want in my life is spiritual because material blessings will always follow the spiritual. And if the material is not overflowing, it's okay because he said he will provide what we need. He is the provider. So we see in the life of Abraham that the blessing was at a distance. And why do I say so? Because in verse 15, after all, I have, we've read these verses before last week. I won't go through all of them, but I'll just jump to verse 15. After he tried to sacrifice Isaac, in verse 15, the Bible says, Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All because you have obeyed me. 
So God now puts a stamp of approval on Abraham and said, you passed the test. I made a blanket statement on you years ago. It's over 25 years, it's over 30 years now. Now this boy is about 12 years of age. I asked you to sacrifice him. God could see a type of Christ in Abraham. God could see godly character in Abraham. Do you know that what God is after in your life as a Christian is to grow into maturity like Christ? Where if he asks you to sacrifice yourself for him, you are willing because Christ was willing to give up himself for the will of God, for the counsel of God, for the purpose of God. So God is looking for people. So when you become a Christian and you are traveling on your journey as a Christian, God is waiting to see what are those tests that you will come through. Will you deny him or you will say, I love God so much, I'm not going to go back on my faith. I can tell you today that if Canada were to face some hard times right now, there are many people who will drop their faith and say, if God can allow this to happen to me, if God can allow this to happen to my family, if God can allow this to happen to my nation, I don't want to go to church anymore. I don't want to have anything to do with that name Jesus because he said he will protect me and I don't see any protection. Instead, there's carnage everywhere. There's, so forget it. I'm not interested. That is weak faith. But I'm telling you that if there were to be trouble today in our nation, and our nation is actually going to go through some hard times. There will be times of austerity coming. And Europe is going to happen. Many of the wealthy nations you see today are about to face a very tumultuous time in their nationhood and their history. Whether we like it or not, whether we believe it or not, I want you to understand that there's something about the prophetic word. When I talk about the prophetic word, I'm talking about God speaking to a situation. God saying what he wants to say, whether people believe it, whether people agree. But what happens is that those, those who hear and take heed are the ones who will prepare themselves for the things that are coming. Friends, I want to say a few things here with respect to the blessing is at a distance. You remember, we saw that in verse four. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. I want you to know that prior to this time, God said something about Abraham in Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. It says, for Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do, observe the word there, then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. In the, in the King James and the authorized version, the two versions, this is what it says. It says, for I know Abraham, hallelujah, that he will command his children after him. There is a reason why Abraham has to command his children and his children's children after him. He made a decree concerning his family. Let me tell you why. You see, the Bible says in Psalm 25, he said, the secret of the Lord is with them who fear him. Those who love God and follow him, if you ask God, he will show you secrets. That's why it's important for you, even with what is happening in the world, what is happening in the United States. Have you ever prayed and said, God, I want to know what's going on. What is the truth about all this COVID? What is the reality? God will tell you. And I'm telling you, once God starts revealing things to you, he will tell you what to say and what not to say, what to keep to yourself. Some of us are gifted to bring it into a message format. Some of us are gifted to present it to the people. Others may not be called to do that, but they keep it. Then they know how to protect their families. Then they know how to live their lives. The Bible says it's all there. But if you're not asking God for revelation, 
you will not see it. If you're not asking God for insight, you will not have it. You will just be going with what the crowd is saying. You know, there was a group of people once, I'm not going to mention who they are, the details, but I will say this. In a particular nation, there was a pandemic, but those people, because of what God told them, they obeyed. And guess what? None of them perished under that particular disease. You know why? <laughs> because they obeyed. They were given specific instructions. Others refused the instructions because they laughed and mocked at those instructions. Today, I know that there are those who are saying, oh, you know, don't take this thing seriously. I think we should take COVID seriously, but we must not operate in and out of fear. Very, very important. Okay, so in Genesis 18, verse 19, we see that God said, I know him. He will talk to his children and tell them this is important. You see, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham gave birth to Isaac. Jacob came from Isaac. And you have heard preachers say, if you've never heard this, you've heard them talk about how God is a tri-generational God. Also, God has said that he will visit the blessing in Deuteronomy. He was speaking to the children of Israel through Moses. He said, I will, if you obey me, I will visit the blessing to a thousand generation. Watch this. Why God says he will visit a curse to the fourth generation. Isn't that interesting that the blessing is what can go to a thousand, but there is a condition for the blessing to go to a thousand generation. You know what the condition is? Obedience to the instruction of the Lord for you as a person. If God has given you an instruction and you follow it to the letter and you tell them to tell their children that this is how we serve the Lord, that we, we follow the Lord. Let me tell you what's going to happen. By the third generation, the thousand generation blessing kicks in. That is why you see God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. At Jacob's point, the Jacob multiplied like never before. But they were preservers of the blessing. That's why Rebecca was so concerned that Esau should not get the blessing because Esau's wives were, they were just riotous women. She couldn't imagine them taking the blessing. So she made sure that she connived with Jacob to make sure Jacob carried the blessing. These people were so concerned about the blessing. They wanted to keep the blessing within the family. They wanted to make sure that the next generation took it seriously. It's just like you now. Your family may have a plot of like a piece of land somewhere near the lake. And they say, don't sell this property for the next 250 years. Just keep it in the family. Just make sure you keep it. That's what our great-grandfather wanted. Whatever be the case, if you have to take time to come, just make sure, contribute money, renovate it. You see, they've said something and people keep that in the, as a heirloom and they don't mess with it because somebody said, this is what I want. God told Abraham, I am going to do something generations from now and I cannot do it without the partnership of humankind because I made the law and I stand by the law. I will not come into human life without permission. So I have, I, I want you to cooperate with me. I want you to be a co-laborer with me in this. It, Abraham's lineage was for Christ to come to the world. Christ is the blessing. The blessing of Abraham is Christ upon the world, right? So through that lineage, Christ was to come. And in order for it to happen to a thousand generations, God made sure that the lineage of Abraham completed their responsibility to the third generation. By that time, the concrete was solid in the ground. By that time, the stakes were deep in the ground. Nothing could change it anymore. The devil could not come and wrestle it. You know why? Because there's something about the number three. It's a number of significance. Well, in biblical numerology, it's a number of completion. Not at the same level as the number seven. The number seven is a higher level of completion. But on the earth, 
Number three is so powerful. That's why you see Jesus Christ rose on the third day. That's why you see Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days. There is something about three. By the third generation, Jacob had established that blessing in his life. He had the evidence of the blessing. It was evidentiary by the third generation also. In fact, the Bible says Abraham grew and was great. The Bible tells us that Isaac even went forward and was so great. But when it came to Jacob, the Bible says Jacob flourished. Look at that. So from one generation to another, the evidence of the blessing kept increasing. But if you look at it, Isaac had his own experience. You know what I pray for my own biological children and those that God has given to us as people we should watch over their spiritual life and encourage them is that they have their own encounter with God. Friends, before we go to a close today, I want to say a few things about the distance. The blessing of God, the evidence of what God has spoken to you that should happen in your life, that the world can see that truly God has been with you is at a distance. And let's go one step at a time. COVID-19 is not a pleasant experience for the world, but it is a good test for the church. Because some of us say, oh, I'm so tired of sitting at home and watching online. You know, I, I really want to go to a place where there are people. So you go to a place where there are people, but they have to be six feet apart. And you in Canada, we like personal space. But you realize there's just something, it's just, it's just different. You know why? We don't want to be restricted. We want to enjoy personal space by our own, you know, we just want to do it by ourselves. We just we don't want anybody to say, right, you have to be six feet. So we're always with our eyes measuring six feet everywhere we go. And you can imagine you want to do worship, you're always looking, okay, are we six feet where the seats have been measured? I see a lot of churches, we would probably have done that too if we had a building at the time. You see the church put a, a tape measure to show the seats are six feet apart to encourage people to come to the building. See, if a building, we, we have a building now, okay, it's just getting ready, but I tell you, I don't trust in buildings. Our trust must never be in our building. Our trust must never be in our gathering together in person. It's important. I preach it. I believe it. Our trust must be in God because if the sun is completely shut out for the next one week and you can't see each other and you need flashlights to see each other, who would you trust? If there's, a, if there's something worse than a pandemic happening, if there's a war, who would you trust? David said, my trust is in who? In God, the Lord, the maker of heaven and the earth. You have to trust in the Lord. COVID-19 is testing the church seriously because many of us don't own buildings. The ones who own buildings, they are at a 30% capacity. And many of the people who come to church, who attend a building, when they get there, that's when they write a check. That's when they put money in the offertory. So a lot of churches are 25% down, 20% down, 30% down in their giving, while some churches are up in their giving. And I tell you that the difference is when people give to God, not just that, oh, because I am in a building, so, you know, I know they have expenses. No, they give to God, not just to a building. It's very important. We have to go the distance. The blessing is at a distance. With COVID, we have to go the distance. Right now, I feel that I preach better when, I'm, when I, there are people in the room because I like to hear the people say, amen. I say, shout it out. I say, shout it out. I haven't done that since April. Nobody's shouting anything out back at me. I have my family in the room now. If they shout it out, you may not hear me well. And if they probably wouldn't even shout it out, they wonder why I'm asking them to shout out. It's awkward. It's different. 
But people tell me, they send me a text. They say, well, the message today was so powerful. The message today was so powerful. We've added even new members since we, we have this thing going on. Not a lot, but it is significant because we are seeing individual lives being changed. We are under a test, whether we like it or not. And I don't know if, if God permitted all this to happen so that we will be tested. I could say yes, because he knows he's the governor among the nations. So everyone is going through a test. Some people will feel disconnected because it's not what you are used to. It's an opportunity for you to connect with your maker. Adam had no other person in the garden, but he was satisfied. He was complete. He was content. He was full of the grace of God. And then God put Eve in the garden and said it's not good for him to be alone. They had no problem. They had no lack. They had good fellowship. Every evening, God will come into the garden and fellowship with them. No problem until that silly serpent came and then whispered to Eve. Eve listened and uh, told her husband, and then problem came and they were said, That is the basic understanding we have as believers. Watch this. We have to, at this time, plug into God like we have never before. Friends, may God give us spiritual stamina to go the distance. In your marriage, you have to go the distance. In your friendships, there are some friendships that God has given to us. I have friends like that. They have been given to me by God. I know the way they talk to me, the things they speak into my life. They are my friends. Do you know that I said it over and over? I've discovered in the Bible that the highest form of relationship is friendship. If you see a marriage where the two are friends, some marriages, the only time they are in agreement is when they have a, an enemy. So they always need somebody to fight. So they never focus on their own issues. So they're always fighting somebody, fighting people. There's always problems. In their family, they're fighting. In the church, fighting. Everywhere, fighting. At work, fighting. When the wife comes back from work, you know what the manager said today, what the boss? So all the way they're driving, they're always talking about other people. You know why? Because they, can't, they don't want to focus on their own issues. Then after the kids are grown up, they just say, well, you know, we've been together for 25 years. We think it's time to go out separate ways. They never were happy together. You know, they focus on other people's problems. They never solve their own issues. You have to go the distance in your marriage. If it takes time to go to a retreat, sit down together and have a conversation. You have to go the distance with your children. Let your children know what you believe. Let your children know why you are doing what you are doing. They may not agree with you now, but you have sown a seed because you have parental authority over their lives. You can't control them, but you can speak into their lives. You can pray into their lives. You can prophesy over their lives. And one day, those words that you have spoken will rise up and what? there will be a harvest unto them. Those words of prophecy will start fighting for them. When they've watched you pray, when they're in a situation, they themselves will pray. When you've prayed with them, when they're in a situation, they themselves will pray. You have to go the distance in your finances. You have to go the distance in your finances. You can't tell me you love God if your money is not working in the things of God. You can't tell me that. You cannot. You cannot tell me that. You can't say, oh, I love God. I love God. Because money describes a lot of people. I'm telling you. You just touch their bank account and you see. You just, oh, you just see. And because that's power that comes with money. One of the great things, have you noticed that the wealthy people, there's just something called the giving pledge. The Facebook founder, what's his name? You know, Mark Zuckerberg and all these people. They came together. They have something they call, they do, the, the, it's a giving pledge. That they're going to give their, uh, most of their wealth away in their lifetime so that when they, they leave this world, they have helped. They, you know what many of these wealthy people realize? They have all this money, but it doesn't change anything about the fact that they are still human. 
and just people watch fall on their feet. People want to do whatever. But that there's a joy. There's something that happens inside of them when they give their money to a cause that is good. Some wealthy people use their money for evil causes, to cause confusion. But I'm talking about for causes that are good. They build libraries so that kids can go and study. They build a public pool. They, they put roads in places that have no access to roads. They help with, you know, malaria, you know, control of malaria in overseas countries. They do those things. There's something it does to them. They are finding out that giving can be very joyful. One of the ways to liberate yourself from the worship of money is to give it to God. You don't have to give everything. Put it, just decide that from today, I will give a tiny percentage of my income to God. You say, oh, pastor, I hear someone say, oh, I have so much debt. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you to do something today. You pray, say, God, I don't want to be under the rule of money. Show me what I must do. That's all. Just do that and see. He will lead you. If you are truly open and listening, he will lead you to what you must do. You have to go the distance, like I said. I'm going to share a story with you today before we close the message. Two more things to go. But before the story, do you have a friend that God has sent into your life? Are you in Joy Fountain or are you online watching us for a reason? Are you in our city and God is probably calling you to be part of this church assembly? Are you one of those who say, I don't believe in joining any church and being, I don't want, you know, I just want to do my own thing. You know, no, 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 that's not the design. <laughs> the design is to be part of a local assembly where you can be given to and you can give to, you know, from yourself. You have gifts, you have talents. God's anointing is upon you, is to bless. You say, oh, but pastor, I've been hurt, I've been hurt, I've been hurt. You have to go the distance. You are hurt in your family, your own biological family. You will be hurt in the family of God because there are people sometimes, people are people. We will be, we'll misbehave sometimes. But that's where grace comes in. If God has forgiven you, if God has given you grace, who are you to continue to hold things against people? See, people that hold things against people, you continue to blow up until you explode. Whatever you eat will not do well in your body because that is a spiritual sickness. When you hold things and you're bitter all the time, it even begins to show on your face. You age quicker, you age quicker, and you are unhealthy. And doctors won't find what is wrong with you until they discover that it is because you like to carry things. You are holding all these things. And you are not well. It's, life is too short to do that. You've got to go the distance because the blessing is at a distance. Once you get to that place in your life, once you get to that place in your relationship with certain people, you know, there are people in our church today whom I have worked with and discipled over the years. One of them I was talking to over the phone the other day and I heard the word, you are my friend. Friendship. My, my wife is my friend. And I, I sometimes tell people that, you know, she tends to annoy me quicker than other people. But I am, I love my wife and I think it's because we're very close. So I tend to go, oh, why did you do that? I don't like that. But we can easily let offenses go because, you know, we love each other. And that's what God is talking about. We're to grow in the love of Christ. I want to share a story with you about the distance. So yesterday, on Friday, sorry, Friday, I was driving to youth. I was going to Risby Crescent where Kevin Manners lives. So he's been running our youth program and uh, doing the best with, with uh, himself and Vicky with it. And the kids love to hang out with them. So I'm, I'm, I have three boys in my car. We're driving. And I, I realized that, you know, it's a, it's a half hour, an hour drive. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm driving, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm going to drive half an hour. You know, I was already getting tired by that time of the day. But, you know, I suddenly heard the Lord speak to me and say, you are going the distance. That there is something he has put in Kevin's life and Vicky's life, and that we are, I'm going the distance for the future of these children. 
And I realized, and the Lord said, do you remember when, that there were people who have gone the distance to come and hear you in Transcona and in the different places where the church has been? And I began to hear some things, and I'll tell you now. And the Lord reminded me of a story. And I, I took permission from the individual yesterday, and I, I forgot to talk to her husband, but I, she, she might have said it. So some of you who attend Joy Fountain would know who Babette is. Years ago, she would take the bus. She felt in her heart that she had to take the bus to go all the way to Miles Mac. Miles McDonnell is on the east side of the city. She's on the west side of the city. So she took the, she would take the bus and come all the way to Miles Mac. She told me this story herself yesterday. I thought it was actually, she, she was coming to table, but she came to table once with a friend of hers who brought her to the church and at the, to the prayer meeting on Tuesday, not even a Sunday service. So she would take the bus. She told me that on Sundays, when she rides the bus, she goes back, she gets home like 2.30. She'll be tired. But she kept repeating it. She kept coming back every week when she was not away or, or busy doing something. You know why? She said she felt that she, the Lord laid it upon her heart. How did she know that it was God who wanted her to do that? I'm telling you, when God speaks to you, you will know because he created you. She kept doing that. And she met her husband in Joy Fountain. Well, on her side, Chris also decided to go the distance. There is a certain blessing for you that is evidentiary of God's hand upon your life, but is at a place called distant. Many of us are not prepared to make that distant walk. And I'm talking about a choice between here and there. Sometimes it's a big change that has to be made. Sometimes it costs you to do it, but the blessing is at a distance. And today they've been married for a couple of years. I can't even remember. Actually, uh, you know, perform the, the marriage. And I remember the proposal was in a church, at a church service, which was very significant because of what God had done in their lives. What is God asking you to go to do today that has to do with going the distance? I close with the famous story that we tell all the time. Jesus himself went the distance. Spiritually, he went the distance. Spiritual distance is not in miles or kilometers. He crossed from heaven to earth. Then he went from the earth to the cross. Then he went from the cross to the grave. He experienced death for you and I. And he came back from the grave triumphant, leading captivity captive. And the Bible says God did what? Gave him a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he's the Lord. Look at that. Look at that amazing journey. Jesus went the distance. Friends, you are being called into relationship, into fellowship with him. You are being given an opportunity many times in your life to go the distance. In your academics, you have to go the distance. If you are not ready to go the distance, you don't score touchdowns. If you are not ready to go to discounts, you don't lift up that cup of victory. In life, we have been called to win. God has given you more than sufficient grace. You know what the Bible says? He says he has made us more than a conqueror. God bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let us pray as we close this message and take a moment of prayer and points from the message. Father, we want to thank you. We want to bless your holy name. <clears throat> we give you praise. Is there someone watching this today? Or maybe you are watching after the service even ended and you are thinking to yourself, wow, this really speaks to my heart. I need to go to distance. The first distance is to cross from darkness to light. If you know that you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you say, I want to have a relationship with God. I want to know what it means like to be a child of God. The Bible says to whosoever comes to him, he will no wise cast out. He says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, call upon him. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me my sin. Have mercy upon me. Make me your child. Write my name in the book of life. 
Tell him that I repent of my sins. I repent of my sins and I ask you to forgive me and make me your child. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the dead so that I will not come under condemnation. And so it is in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you and have a wonderful day. If you made that prayer at any point in time and you would like to contact us, just go to joyfamilychurch.com. We would love to send you a health literature to help you in your walk with God and also to help you navigate your journey through life in Jesus' name. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for listening. Were you blessed by the message? Do you have any questions? Did you make a commitment to follow Jesus as Lord? Please let us know. You can contact us by sending us a message on our contact page at joyfountainchurch.com. Have a blessed day.